0: Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Conversations. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm just really appreciating the feedback that I'm getting so far and so grateful that some of you are finding these uh, conversations helpful and enlightening and that you're taking them home to your own kitchen tables. So that's just so important to me. Today, I wanted to follow up from Bell Let's Talk Week. Um, and focus a little bit more on some tips for overall mental wellness and and strategies for us to kind of reduce some of the stressors in our lives, um, not to solve problems necessarily, because we always have some problems that we have to deal with. But how can we manage them in a, in a good way. So I think most of you know that I am a social worker in private practice and my goal continues to be um, to kind of circle around raising awareness and helping us all to dig a little deeper and to learn a few things that can help us all live our best life. I am quite honored to do the work that I do and have the trust in so many people that you know that allow them to feel comfortable and safe enough to share some of their most private and intimate challenges that they are experiencing And I've often said and I really believe that we all need helpers from time to time and none of us should be going through this life alone without somebody to vent to, to explore some of our feelings with and to challenge some of our thoughts and to get better understanding and to see different opportunities to solve or address problems. That we might be facing. And again, I'm just really happy to be able to do the work that I do. I'm also a lifelong learner, and I might have a book addiction or a reading addiction. um, But that's for another topic. Uh, but I am really pleased to, to be in a position right now where I actually get to share some of the things that I've learned over a fairly lengthy career so far. And one of the things that has been probably the most helpful in terms of a modality or a, a way to support people and myself in a good way has been um, the, the course that I've just recently taken around acceptance commitment therapy and training I like it so much because it just really talks about the the commonality or the universality of distress. And by that, I mean, you know, we all have problems and relatively speaking, they can cause us pain and suffering. So acceptance, commitment, therapy, or training, ACT for short, you know, discusses the fact that we all have problems and the goal is not to get rid of them. But the goal for the most part is to try to manage them in a good way. Um, because whenever we solve one problem, um, you know, we always find a few other ones to replace it. So life is is a series of learning opportunities. And I think that's one of the things that I got the most out of ACT is that we have to take time to really listen to what we're feeling to honor those feelings, to experience those feelings, and to see what we can learn from them. But unfortunately, in our society today, with so many different distractions and the busyness of our world, um, many of us kind of feel like it's kind of easier to just avoid some of the problems or think about them at a later date or just try to forget about them. And it's natural for all of us to try to avoid pain. So you think about it for a minute. And if you, you know, stub your toe on a couch, for example, the easiest thing to do would be to avoid the couch so you don't stub your toe. But in doing so, we also deny ourselves the opportunity to receive comfort and um, security and you know, rest that that couch can also provide. So although avoiding pain is something that we all try to do, um, sometimes our efforts are short-sighted and we end up kind of closing ourselves in a little bit or avoiding some of the things that could also bring us a lot of pleasure and peacefulness. So again, this podcast is supposed to be short and shareable, so there is going to be more information available on my website and I encourage you to check that out. I'll um, acknowledge some some resources and some books for you to potentially investigate a little bit further. But again, for this podcast, we'll keep it brief and just focus on a couple of things that maybe we all can do a little bit differently. So again, where I was talking about feelings of distress and really noticing them, I think you know many of us feel like we can control our feelings, and I would say that that's a little bit more difficult for us because those waves of feelings of joy of happiness of worry of anxiety of stress of melancholy or sadness those are feelings and they're yours and nobody gets to tell you that they're wrong or they're inappropriate or they're out of proportion or they're exaggerated they're yours but the what we do with those feelings are things that we do have a little bit more power and control over But unfortunately, uh, some of us have a very, very busy mind and we tend to overthink things. And that's where I was saying in previous podcasts around people who tend to have um, anxious tendencies um, can also be the ones that really we can really count on to get things done because they're very caring and they're very conscientious. They're good planners. They've got three or four options available for us. And, you know, again, they tend to overthink, which can be really uh, a problem, but it can also be a real strength. So what we do with our feelings is really dependent upon that kind of self-talk. And we think about certain circumstances or situations and how much meaning we place behind them. So, for example... If we're going through uh, a relationship breakdown, if we've got court appearances, if we've got um, stress at work or ongoing bullying situations or um, a test that's coming up really soon or a competition of sorts, you know, it's natural for a wave of maybe anxiety or a wave of stress to kind of overcome us. But most of us want to just avoid it because the timing's not right or we're just not comfortable feeling uncomfortable. So we just sort of pretend it's not there or worse yet, we get mad at ourselves for feeling this stress or for feeling this anxiety. And I think that, that in, you know, unfortunately, stress begets stress and anxiety can beget more anxiety. So it really is important for us to focus in on what we're feeling, accept it, and I really say honor it, because there's learning to be had from these feelings that we're having. And then we get to decide how much meaning we put behind it. And lots of times, our thoughts are just thoughts, and they're placed there by The television shows that we watch, um, the family dynamics that we've experienced, the rules that we've heard in our heads from other people or our expectations around what family should look like, what relationships should look like, how much money I should have in my bank. All of those things are thoughts that we gather across our experiences and from the people who are around us. And sometimes they're not always relevant because the context or our circumstances can change somewhat. So now we get to decide whether or not these thoughts are actually helping us or hurting us. If our thoughts can help us address the problem in a good way, then they're helpful. But if there's nothing we can do about it in these particular moments, then those intrusive thoughts can be really harmful and can take our energy away and take us away from these moments where we have to be present. So what we're suggesting and what I learned through this ACT program is to really take some space between the emotion or the feeling that you're experiencing, notice it, pay attention to it, take some space by maybe taking a few breaths or giving yourself a little bit of time and then choosing your response and being more intentional around whether or not your response is going to help you and take you closer to where you want to be or whether it's going to be more harmful and take you back, um, you know, literally in different steps or, you know, kind of keep you um, spinning your wheels and not being very productive. So it takes 90 seconds approximately for our nervous system to settle down after we've been triggered or really ignited. So what would happen if we all waited a little bit before we responded? Think about what our disagreements might look like. I often say to people, and I'm guilty of it myself, that lots of times we're formulating our own response while the other person is still talking. So we're not actually listening and we're, we've got assumptions and we're already, you know, ready to argue back before. But what would happen if we actually listened to people speak, allowed ourselves to pause and take a breath, maybe two, and then respond in a way that's going to be mutually helpful? The thing that I really love about ACT is that, again, I use it every day in my own daily life, um, in my own personal experiences, but I also use it pretty much every single day with the people that I support. And it works for people who have PTSD, it works for people who have depression, it works for people who have complex neurodevelopmental disorders, including autism or FASD. So this really, really works, especially the slowing down of conversations when people are a little bit impulsive or a little bit easily agitated so these skills can be really really helpful and I hope they're helpful for you and I hope that you can bring them back to your kitchen table conversations and share some strategies that tend to help all of us deal with uh, some of the problems and the pressures and the stress that we experience in our daily lives with many thanks Angela